Cam Newton, social media. Tell me how these randoms keep getting jobs. Don't worry about it. I'm going to show you. He's going to throw at the Auburn Pro Day on Tuesday. And he said on social media, ain't 32 mother bleep better than me. He's been saying that for a year now. Remember he did that interview with yeah. the Pivot right. podcast? Right. and They really came after Yeah, Channing Crowder. Crowder was right. just, I mean, I was... I mean, he was he was telling it like he needed to tell it, like you're not the guy you used to be. Is he better than any of the current starting quarterbacks in the NFL? No. Is he? No. Right now? I mean, I can't say that. He'd have to prove it to me. And, I I mean, listen, I don't, like, I'm not sitting here proud to say that. This guy's a legend. He's a legend. I've done, done anything to have Cam Newton's career. He's the man, definitely. But he's done nothing to prove or show us that he's one of the 32 best the last two or three opportunities we've got to see him play quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I'm sorry. That's just the, 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 the fact of the matter. What we saw, his last little you know run there with the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule, it wasn't very good there. You know? And then, of course, what we saw at the end of New England you know, had issues both on and off the field a little bit there. So, you know, that's where I would say no. He's got to prove himself to me and get out there and play and show himself in the preseason game to say, you know, those type of comments, at least at least in my world. Well, the off-field issue, the only thing I remember is he got stung with a COVID positive. Well, the COVID stuff, right? Well, yeah, remember? And then he left yeah. and then he did, oh, I'm testing myself. And, you know, remember all that, yeah. those shenanigans? He decided to take the league rules and the COVID, you know, bylaws into his own hands that he was going to change the whole system. It really is odd to think a guy who was the MVP of the NFL in 2015, grand scheme of things, that's not that long ago, and quarterbacks should be playing deep into the 30s. But the reality is when you take the kind of physical pounding that Cam Newton has endured and your physical skills begin to diminish, can you morph into nothing but pocket passer? This is why there's a challenge for the mobile quarterbacks, and that's most right. of the good quarterbacks in today's NFL, most of the best quarterbacks have mobility to enhance their game. They extend the play behind the line of scrimmage. They take off when they have to. They make chicken salad when the play that's called goes to chicken fat. And <laughs> the, the, the challenge is to transform your game. I think of Steve Young and Steve McNair. Transform sure. your Randall game Cunningham. toward pocket passer. Resist the temptation to run the ball. Perfect example. Helps to have Randy Moss where you can just throw it as far as you can and you know he's going to go get it. But still, Randall Cunningham resurrected his career as not a mobile guy. You need to transition to a guy who does and, – and it's a temptation when you have two choices. One is I can throw the ball and, you know, a couple of bad things could happen, or I can just run it with the confidence that I can run past these guys. I'm faster than these guys. They can't catch me. They can't bring me down. I'm 6'5". I'm a statue come to life. They can't tackle me. That's kind of the Cam Newton attitude. Goal line play. All those reps pushing him into the end zone. At a certain point, it takes a toll on your body. And that's, that's why if you rely upon physicality, agility, speed in your 20s, if you want to play quarterback into your 30s, deep into your 30s, it's got to be a transition at some point to a Tom Brady type of a guy who just gets the ball and throws it gets the ball and throws it, gets the ball and throws it. Yeah, you got to make that adjustment to where, you know, you're explaining it right. Your legs are, are not going to get you, 
you know, out of trouble every time or make a play. You got to start to play the position a little bit from within the pocket and make throws and good decisions and do all of that, right? We're seeing, hey, Lamar Jackson's making that transition in front of us. It is, but, you know, legs, guys who can run like that, yeah, it's a gift and a curse. Steve Young, Randall Cunningham, whatever. Hey, the first guy's not open. My whole life I've been able to go, wait, the first guy's not open. Let me just tuck it under, and I'll go run for 30 yards when the first guy's not wide open. You know, and that's awesome, but there becomes a point in life where you now can't tuck it and run around the edge for 30 yards any longer. You have to do it a different way. You've got to make that adjustment. We're seeing Russell Wilson in, pro- in the process of making that adjustment, that he's got to play the game a little differently than he did two, three, four years ago. He can't move around and buy himself time or, ooh, I don't like the way that looked, even though it's kind of tight. I might be able to fit it in there. Let me buy some more time with my legs to see something more clearly. No, life's going to change that way. And, yeah, that's where you know Cam Newton – it hasn't shown the ability maybe to make that full adjustment there. And I will say, too, maybe he hasn't been in the greatest position to, to show us that. But, yeah, first step is have a good pro day at the Auburn Pro Day. Throw the ball well. You know, show teams that you're still going, working. Try to get somewhere. Be the backup quarterback. Show us all, you know, what you're you know made of as far as preseason. And then we can get back into the conversation of, you know, hopefully you're a starting quarterback or something like that. But as of right now, I don't think anybody's going to believe that Cam Newton's one of the best 32 as it stands here in 2023. And this is where Cam Newton being a superstar works against him. It worked against Mike Vick. It worked against Colin Kaepernick to a yeah. certain extent. Uh huh. You don't just show up and be a backup and be content to be a backup. Now, Mike Vick eventually was able to pull it off. But the challenge was you needed to have a starter who was secure in his position because all those guys in the locker room grew up idolizing Mike Vick. Now we're at a point where guys in the locker room grew up idolizing who? Cam Newton. And that was one of the realities. Look, he got thrown overboard by the Patriots 2021 once they decided to go with Mac Jones. Why? We can't have a schism. We can't have a leadership question. Who's really in charge of this team? Is it Cam or is it Mac? Devin McCourty, recently retired by the Patriots, said not that long ago, very recently, that Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, there was a bit of a schism in the locker room last year. You don't want that. You don't want the backup to be the Pied Piper that's leading the team and undermining the starter. And can't, no matter what he does once he gets there, just his mere presence, that's what's working against him. Because I think Definitely. he is good enough to be on a depth chart. Sure. But number one, he's not content to be on a depth chart. And number two, his mere presence is a threat to the overall chemistry of the locker room because guys will want him to be the starter over, unless he's the backup to Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts, you know, a clear cut franchise guy that is not going to be deterred or shaken at all. Other than that, you got Cam Newton breathing down your neck. Yeah, it's going to rattle you a little bit if you're the starter. He's a big personality. You're right. He's a polarizing figure. You know, even if he's not playing great, people in the media want to go talk to Cam Newton. He's an incredible natural leader. You know, that's that's you know what what I mean. We knew that in Carolina is the thing you heard about in New England more than anything. You know, Cam Newton walked in that building and had had the locker room eaten out of his hand right all right away. They loved him. And that, you're right. There's that effect there. 
And also, I think the effect, too, of, hey, that's going to scare teams. And then, two, you know, is he a backup quarterback? And what I mean by that is, like, there's times where, you know, Cam Newton, I think, is a guy that needs reps. I don't know if he's necessarily always the best guy to be like, hey, you haven't done anything in six or seven weeks. Now come in and be on rhythm and throw the ball perfect. You know, he's one that has always struck me as, yeah, he needs reps. He needs to stay in rhythm or at least get that rhythm, you know, before he hits the ground running. So, uh, we'll see. I'll be interested to see what happens. I think eventually somebody will bring him in here, but I don't know if it's going to be anything quick. It might be one of those training camp type of things, evaluate our roster, see where our quarterback position is. We don't feel that comfortable with it. We need a guy that's played a little bit and won't be a deer in the headlights. If our starter gets hurt, that's where I think teams might, you know, kick the can a little bit on, on, uh, Cam Newton. See, I think the ship has sailed. He, it might he didn't be. play at all. In 2022, yeah. I think it's over. It might be. This is his last gasp to try to get back in. I think I, I just think it's 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 done. The league has moved on. He's 33 now. There aren't that many quarterbacks older than him in the NFL. Even though 33 seems young, and we've seen Tom Brady take it to 45. Yeah, but this is the, the best same. quarterbacks in the NFL right now are under 30. And um, when and I, I look, I I hope he gets a chance. But you know, the reality is, we say this all the time. Hey, I hope the guy gets a chance. Well, if he gets one, if he gets a job, he's going to take away somebody else's job. You've got a bunch of guys coming out in the draft who are trying to get these spots. You've got other guys who have been grinding and grinding in anonymity, trying to hold on to their spots on the depth chart. Cam Newton's trying to take a spot that somebody else already has. It's not going to be a starting spot. His best hope is a backup spot. And I think a lot of it comes down to his willingness to submit to the fact that he'll be the number two and refocus his personality on providing support to the starter. And until that is accepted by him, it's not going to happen. And I mention that because I feel like Baker Mayfield has made that transition. Baker Mayfield went from brash polarizing to, hey, you're going to bench me? Okay, fine. Somebody else is going to start? Okay, fine. I'm just here to support the team. I think we've seen a lot of growth and maturity from Baker Mayfield. Definitely. As a result of him being humbled, as a result of the early – phases of his career not going the way that he thought here he is yesterday meeting with reporters for the first time as a member of the Buccaneers on why he chose the Buccaneers and why he accepted the challenge of following Tom Brady it was important to me to to be in a place that's stable and um, knows how to win knows how to do it properly and um you know, I've gotten gotten to see different things uh from from my journey that is not exactly how I drew it up but um it's it's helped along the way, and especially to make a decision like this. And I want to go somewhere that we can win right away, and this is that place. Listen, I'm never going to be Tom Brady. There's a reason he has won so many Super Bowls. He's the greatest of all time. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I'm not going to try and beat Tom. I'm going to be me. That's what's gotten me to this point. Uh, we're going to do it differently, but that's what makes this league so special. Everybody puts their own touch on it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's an honor to follow up with somebody like that. And I'm definitely – the people that have played with him around here, I'm going to pick their brand as to the things he did. There, there's no doubt about that. This is a great situation for the Buccaneers. The guy played well in 2018, played well in 2020, took the Browns to the divisional round, gave the Chiefs everything they could handle before losing that game, and then week one of 2021 gave the Chiefs everything they could handle and then lost to the Texans – uh, or beat the Texans. I can't remember if they beat the Texans or lost. Didn't I matter. That's the game in which he messed up his shoulder. Yeah. He messed up his shoulder 
And that's what caused his career in Cleveland to become lost. And then last year, the Browns squatted on him until after the offseason program. He had to compete head-to-head with Sam Darnold. Wasn't as ready as he could have been. He goes in as presumably the number one guy, although he's going to be competing with Kyle Trask. But, Chris, this gives him something he didn't have a year ago. A year ago, he's rehabbing from the shoulder surgery. He doesn't have a team. Now he does. He gets a full and fair opportunity to get ready for the season. If he's ever going to turn it around, and maybe he won't, but if he's ever going to turn it around, it's now. Yeah, I think it was a great move by both. I mean, again, I, I, you know, I think you and I, we both look at Baker Mayfield and think he's still got a lot of starting quarterback caliber traits. I do. You, got, you explained it there. I mean, he kind of got a raw deal. He did it. So, I mean, they might have you know, got the, the, the needle in the haystack or the diamond in the rough here with Baker Mayfield. And then the, for that price, like you talked about so much at $4 million, I mean, it's the steal of the century. And, you know, added on top of that, the Brady conversation, like Baker Mayfield's per- perfect for that. You know, I mean, the guy, we, we know he's, he's certainly not lacking in self-confidence and, you know, moxie and cockiness and whatever else to where he's not going to feel the pressure of Tom Brady and all that, nor is he going to try to be that guy. Uh, so that, that's where he's also perfect for the situation here. But there wasn't a place for him to start. This was probably the only place he was, you know, given the chance to, hey, you can come here, compete, start. You know, he's got a guy in Kyle Trask who's never played. You said it. Baker Mayfield's played a lot of football, and he's got an awesome arm. He does. And I'd have a hard time thinking he won't be the starting quarterback. Now it's just about can they be good enough on offense and that team and around him to, to put him in a spot where he can succeed because, you know, I am a believer in his talent still, and I think he's got the, you know, a few pieces around him, you know, unlike he did in Carolina a little last year and they weren't playing the right way. I, I think he could show that he's certainly a starting quarterback for some time in the NFL. Bottom line, though, is the results last year weren't out there. We had the numbers up on the screen, 2-8 and eight as a starter, and, and, and uh, you know, there's a debate as to whether or not wins and losses count against quarterbacks. But the bottom line, he was 2-8. and eight. And 1-5 uh, and five in Carolina, 1-3 and three with the Rams after he was released by the Panthers. It just didn't work for him last year. And uh, it may be the aftermath of the shoulder surgery. It may be that the Browns squatted on him. Whatever the case may be, he gets a chance this year to go in there. And for $4 million, that's what makes it such a good deal for the Buccaneers. $4 million for the guy who was the first pick in the draft, the guy who was on the cusp of $30 million or more per year. A couple of years ago in Cleveland, the Buccaneers get a guy that that uh, they buy low and hope that the end result takes them high into the standings. That division's wide open, and uh, we'll see what they can do. He does have to beat out Kyle Trask. Here's Mayfield from yesterday on competing with the third-year second-rounder from Florida. I have not spoken to Kyle yet. Um, just watched him over the years through the college stuff, and then uh, I've always been a big fan. I thought he was really talented coming out, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. To me, competition brings the best out in everybody. I think Kyle and I are going to push each other no matter what happens, and I think we're going to make the most of it. What would you say to people who are maybe concerned about how you might respond if you didn't win the starting quarterback job? Uh, just take a look at last year. I don't really have much to say other than that. I mean... Everybody wants to talk about years ago, how I used to be. Um, if you haven't realized that I've <clears throat> changed a lot, then that's all right. It's funny how he delivered it. Has he changed a lot deliberately? Has he changed a lot naturally? Is it strategic or is it organic? Because 
The way that he carried himself in Cleveland was not sustainable. He was gratuitously antagonistic with reporters. He came off as a punk at times. Frankly, remember there was a win over the Lions. He got booed during the game, so he didn't talk to the reporters after the game. He is either doing a good job of pretending to not be that guy anymore or he really has changed and he's not that guy anymore. But there were some red flags. We spent many a day talking about Baker Mayfield acting in a way that was not savory, not satisfactory, and potentially detrimental to his success in the NFL. So we'll see. It's it's one thing to get thrust into the process late in Carolina and not win the starting job uh, or, or, or get benched or however that went. I can't even remember how that went. He played, he got benched, he won it. He, well, yeah, he did win the starting job, but it just didn't, it didn't work. It's easy to say I got thrust into it late and I'm just going to go with it this year. This season, I think he's going to have the expectation that he's going to be the starter from week one. And if Kyle Trask beats him out, if it's close and Kyle Trask beats him out, I, I, it's going to be harder for him to not have something to say about that, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Carolina was a tough situation last year, let alone, I mean, hey, the, the proof's in the pudding. When he was the starting quarterback, the way they pl- were playing was, was not the right way for their football team. Steve Wilkes took over and was like, no, no, we're going to play like this because this makes sense. And it might not be pretty, but at least they, play, they played it right for their football team and they started to win football games. I don't look at that as like, oh, that was because of Baker Mayfield. I look at that as like there was organizational issues there in Carolina. You know, so that was a very tough position. But do I think he's changed? No doubt about it. A hundred percent. You know, one, I, I think because he had to, Sure. You know, he had a strategically change because of the perception of him that's out there. And two, he probably realized that, hey, this is doing me no good either way. Self-reflection, I got to change the Odell Beckham Jr. incident. You talk to anybody, they're really going to go, well, just about everybody favored OBJ in that conversation. I'm sure that was a moment of a little bit of self-reflection. But, yeah, humbled, whatever, that's what the NFL will do to you. And I'm sure he has matured and realized there's things he can fix about the way he's handled himself and he's been phenomenal the last you know year and a half and handling himself the right way I expect that to continue and I would be shocked if he's not the starting quarterback in Tampa Bay I just don't think you know I don't see Kyle Trask's talent meshing or messing with uh Baker Mayfield on a day-to-day you know battle on the practice field You just wonder if it is close which way they're going to lean. They don't have a lot of money invested in Baker Mayfield, so it's not like they feel compelled to get him on the field. And they did make Kyle Trask a late second-round pick in 2021. Will Jason Light, the GM of the team, feel like he needs to justify that move? That contract that Mayfield did really does provide the Buccaneers with freedom to go either way and make it a truly open competition where it's not going to feel rigged for one guy or the other. And it's a little easier to make the argument that it would be rigged for Trask if it's going to be rigged for anybody, especially if Baker Mayfield is writing these checks that I'm not going to be a problem if I don't win the starting job. I'm just happy to be on a team. I'm here to support the other guy if if I'm not the starter, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, and, and look, we know quarterbacks get injured too. There's a chance that both of those Buccaneers quarterbacks are going to have to play at some point in the twenty. 22 season and they're defending champions of the division they still have some key pieces of a super bowl roster That's right the rest of the division is kind of lost and adrift right now we don't know what's going to happen they stabilized the quarterback position post brady 
they could not only win the division again, but actually be above 500 this year, Chris. Uh, their defense is still going to be a pain in the butt. You know, there's been talk of what maybe moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. We'll see if they do that. Yeah, they have some things they need to fix. We know their offensive line's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, in that division with some of the pieces they still have, yeah, I'm certainly not counting them out. I mean, Mike Evans, is he what he used to be? No, he's not, but he's still damn good. Godwin, same thing there. You know, but yeah, they got to add a few pieces to their overall football team, especially that offensive line position, probably another receiver to the group as well. But yeah, I mean, they're definitely a team that I'm not counting out, especially in that division, Mike. You said it right. Well, we'll see how it all plays out between Mayfield and Trask. When we return, how will it play out for the quarterbacks at the top of the draft? Everyone's got their list. Chris has his, and it's going to shake things up a little bit as it relates to the accepted names that are out there at the very top of the 2023 draft class. We'll unveil and discuss the Chris Sims 2023 draft quarterback rankings when PFT Live continues right after this. Here it is from Chris Sims. Yesterday, he unveiled them on his podcast. We talk about them now. Four tiers for six quarterbacks, one through five, with a tie at number five. And uh, he's going to stir things up a little bit here because, first of all, C.J. Stroud, number one. And you've hinted at that in the past. And let's start with C.J. Stroud. Yeah. You've got him, number one. You've got him in a class by himself. Yeah. He's in a tier on his own. Uh-huh. He is the only tier one guy why? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm kind of blown away by C.J. Stroud. It was just, uh, you know, I, of course I've been watching TV, right? You know, been impressed. But it's another one where, you know, Mike, you turn on the film and you just go, oh, my gosh. I mean, first off, decision-making. It's almost flawless. I mean, he almost always goes to the right place, to the right place with the football. And then as you're seeing here in just some of these highlights and the combine throw, I mean, it, it's, he's a machine throwing the football. A machine. So when you couple together like, whoa, okay, the guy sees the field well. He plays in the pocket the right way. And then can put the ball wherever he wants to put it, no matter what the throw, what the play. To me, Mike, this is a strong comment, right? But it was up there as far as that department with Joe Burrow, where I just went, oh, my gosh, his ability to read the field and make, again, what I call high-level NFL throws, not you know, not a bubble screen, not a four-yard slant route that everybody can throw, where I go, wait, reading coverages, throwing a 20-yard in-cut, reading coverages, you know, looking to the left, no, throwing a seam to the right for a 25-yard throw, you know, come back into tight coverage, it's the second read, putting it on the sideline, it's, it's just, it's one awesome throw after another, and then there's a underrated aspect of movement and ability to extend plays that he is good at but not great at yet and the potential is just kind of getting tapped in that department and that's a, you might have heard Mike the Georgia game that's what everybody loved the Georgia game CJ Stroud he was scrambling he was running right there was more movement than you think when you break him down but for me Mike there's no doubt he is the number one quarterback for me and yeah it's by a little bit of a margin here and that's why he's in a tier by himself I love the throwing motion. I love the release. We've talked about yeah, that right? in the past. Very compact, very quick. Not quite Dan Marino, but Dan Marino is the ultimate standard That's to be compared right. to. But he gets the ball out fast, which qualifies you even more to be an NFL-caliber quarterback because you don't give the defensive backs that extra split-second heads up that the ball 
is coming. How does he compare to your number ones from recent years? Right. If you were going to put them all in the same bucket, is he even better than guys you've seen and put at the top of the, the class in, in the past few draft yeah. seasons? Yeah, I think there's, there's less questions, at least in, in, in my opinion. You know, again, I know my 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 pick between Lawrence and Zach Wilson was controversial, right? You know, and and you know, again, hey, Zach Wilson, his first year, I was going, hey, I'm right after the rookie year, and then you know, of course, last year, I'm going, whoa, I'm wrong, but you know, that was close. And then, yeah, there was parts of Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence that I went, oh, there are some things they need to improve on their football game, right? That's why I kind of even last year, hey, last year was certainly not the cream of the crop as far as the quarterbacks conversation was concerned. There was a lot of questions there. It's kind of why I went to the Joe Burrow conversation a little there, Mike, because it's 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 a little like that where you just you break down games and you you just go, whoa, I mean, he dropped back 40 times to throw the football. He made the right decision, 38, and then within those 40 throws made the proper throw on all 40. Yeah, some of them might have been incomplete because it was a tight window. A guy dropped it, whatever, but it was I was wowed by that. I was wowed by it. And where he's different than Burrow is where Burrow was like the quickest decision maker I ever saw in my life as, as far as being a part of this side of the business. C.J. Stroud is up there, maybe a little less than Burrow in that department, but where he has Burrow beat is his pure arm power, his arm strength. Burrow's arm was not as strong as C.J. Stroud's when it's coming out. And then you know you watch the amount of, like I said, what I call power throws, field position, game-changing type of throws. It's one after another from C.J. Stroud. And you know he is a prototypical drop-back NFL modern-day quarterback because it's more than that. You said it earlier today. He, you know, quarterbacks, you got to be able to move now. He can move. He can run, and he's very good like a Dan Marino in the pocket to buy a little time to make a big-time throw, and that's what I love about him more than anything. Hypothetical crystal ball three yeah. years from now. We're having a conversation about why C.J. Stroud has failed in the NFL. What will the reason mm. for it be? Man. If it happens. Yeah. I, I You know, uh, I, I don't see a – a glaring issue other than that, you know, maybe he doesn't evolve into enough backyard football like we've talked about with some quarterbacks to where maybe he becomes too much of a statue and just tries to play within the pocket too much. But, man, I'd even have a hard time kind of gleaning that, Mike, just because you see visual evidence throughout the year of like, hey, he continues to get better in that department. And then, as we know, you get coached in the NFL and pushed and prodded a little bit. Hey, you got to get better at this. I think it's a. Uh, I, I expect them to get better at it. I do, but that would be the only thing I look at to be maybe a flaw or maybe somewhere where I could see this not going exactly where I think it's going to go. Bryce Young from Alabama is your number two quarterback, one of two on your second tier. There's been so much talk about him. There's been focus on his size. There's been plenty of people who said size doesn't matter. He's still the best candidate. What what would you say is let's focus on both his biggest strength and the biggest concern sure. for Bryce Young? Yeah, the, the, he's a natural at playing the position. You know, he uh, I kind of said that to you at the combine, right, Mike? And what I mean by that is he just makes so many great quarterback plays. He's slick as hell with the football. He's got a 
really quick release. And, I mean, he can sidearm, boom, boom, you know, both feet in the air and throw it. Oh, I'm running. I'm about to run. Oh, wait, there's somebody open. And, like, be in some awkward position and get it up and out and throw a 20-yard crossing route. And you're going, wow, he was in the middle of running. And then, like a Patrick Mahomes, just kind of lifted his arm with his body in some weird position and threw a strike. So, you know, from all that, the decision-making, the accuracy, you know, uh, his ability to extend plays, right, behind the line of scrimmage and then manipulate people to throw the ball that way, he is really good, all right? But here's the negative and why he's not in the Tier 1 with C.J. Stroud. One, power throws. You know me. I'm a little bit, you know, maybe favor that stuff more than most. That's why I like the Mahomes and the Allens and those guys of the world, right? But, you know, power throws are not – maybe up to the capabilities of the top power throwers in football. And then the size, Mike, it's, it's a course an issue. You know, there's not a ton of plays where I go, you know, Hey, the pockets collapsing and you know, there's still a little room to throw, but it's tight and you're going to get hit. And there's a guy over the middle open for 15 or 20 yards. Boom. CJ Stroud is just going to stand in there and go oh, and throw a strike. You know, that you're not necessarily going to get that with Bryce Young. You're going to get maybe just throw the ball away, you know, maybe look to run and then get sacked. But that would be the part where natural knows how to play the game. Slick does it all, but like not elite size. It's not an elite arm and he has elite quickness, but not elite speed, Mike. So those, that's what scares you a little bit. And when you say all those things with a guy that's 5'10", 188 pounds, that's where you got to do your due diligence and, man, really you know, be comfortable with a quarterback that size playing in the NFL. Because there are some plays, Mike, where I go, damn, that's a good play. But I'm not sure, is that going to happen in the NFL? Or is this because it's Alabama and you're so worried about everything, defending their team, and it's the best pass protection in the world? So that's where we'll also have to decipher. Some of these great plays you see, you go, wait, can he really do that in the NFL? Or is that the Alabama effect too? And there's a little homework to be done in that department. Setting aside his height, yeah. the weight may even be yeah. a bigger red flag. Agreed. Sub 200, yeah. presumably. He got over 200 for the combine, but he didn't work out. And your theory was he loaded up, getting ready for you know, a potential Oscar-winning role where you got to put on a bunch of weight. He <laughs> accelerated his weight gain to get north of 200, but then when he has his pro day workout, probably under 200 if he's playing under 200 it does raise durability issues we saw how the physics aren't on the side of Tua Tonga-Vailoa getting thrown to the ground his head striking the turf these are things that I think add to the concern as it relates to overall quarterback durability and you know it's put me next to you yeah that's the difference between Bryce Young and the prototypical large giant human being who Puts on the helmet and the shoulder pads and goes out and plays quarterback. That's right. And you're taller. I mean, I think you're taller than Bryce Young. And, Mike, I mean, I, you know, again, you, you know me and my notes and all that stuff here that I got here. I mean, you know, one of the things I, I wrote in, on page two is just that, you know, yeah. You know, you're, to your point, the weight is an issue. Some of the hits he takes, they look crazy aggressive because of his size, of course. And you just go, oh, that was actually just a normal – run-of-the-mill type hit on the quarterback. But 
he flew seven yards in the air and it looked crazy. And that's because of the size. And yeah, that's going to be the thing that is going to make some teams uncomfortable about him is that aspect. And, you know, like I said, it's not a wow warm. It's a lot of wow releases. You know, he's not a wow runner, but it's a lot of wow escapes and buying time there. And again, you're going to have to, you know, do your do your homework on how comfortable you are and what do you think is transferable to the NFL that he's going to bring to the game there that's truly realistic. Every once in a while you give us a curveball, you disrupt the conventional wisdom as it relates to the quarterbacks entering the draft. Your third guy isn't Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, it's Hendon Hooker from Tennessee by way of Virginia Tech, 25 years old. Yeah. Is Hendon Hooker older than Justin Herbert, older than Jalen Hurts? What did you see in him that got him to jump Richardson and Levis in your ranking? Yeah, well, well, the other guys have maybe better potential, okay? There is that. Levis, Richardson, their ceiling, is it higher than Hendon Hooker? Okay, sure. But their floor, to me, is much lower than Hendon Hooker, too. That's that's the other aspect of this. So when it comes to that type of conversation – I'd rather go with the guy that I go, wait, this guy, he, he's the safer bet, and I'm seeing him do special things, you know, that I know translate to the NFL. You know, a little bit like we just talked with the other guy, or, or more like C.J. Stroud than Bryce Young, but, you know, things that I go, I know will translate to the NFL or this guy's ability to, again, read coverages, again, make, you know, NFL-caliber throws with ease and precision and accuracy. You know, he's, to me, the uh, where he separates himself, and he's totally different than Bryce Young and more like C.J. Stroud. Hendon Hooker, he's 6'3", he's long. He plays bigger than that. And he, his ability to throw over the pass rush and see over the rush and then throw with people around him and still make NFL-caliber big-time throws, Mike, that's the part that I love about his game. And then as an underrated athleticism about, about him, you know, one, he's amazing in the pocket with trash around him. He's fearless as far as being hit, and I'm going to make this throw. But, man, does he make, you know, break tackles. And when he has to run, he runs. But he wants to throw the football and make uh, make a great decision that way. But, you know, I really like Tendon Hooker. I don't – the age thing, and he tore his ACL, I think are leading a little bit to the lack of, you know, uh, on the radar – aspect here as far as the draft concern but I don't what what do you not like you know I'm on film here and from the film it's decisions it's great throws it's good athleticism it's clutchness and it's a formula that I've seen work in the NFL with a lot of quarterbacks throughout history and he has all that type of stuff and I honestly like his age I mean again are we marrying the guy are we worried about what he's going to look like at 45 and if he's still handsome Last time I checked, aren't these just four or five year rentals? And then we figure out what we're going to do from there. That's where I don't. I think that's getting made a big, bigger deal than it should be—the age and all that. But you do get him for four or five years longer if he ends up being a great player. You have to replace him sooner, theoretically, if you do end up getting a guy that works out. But is it, I guess it's a good problem to have. Yeah, to have a star quarterback right. for only ten years instead of fifteen years. Yeah, that, that's ex- exactly. You know, and hey, GMs, they can't be thinking about 15 years. They got to just wait. Can I, what can I do to save my ass for the next three to four or five? And that's where I just go, hookers played NFL football and the SEC standing in there making throws, good defenses, reading coverages, 
right? Better athlete than he's given credit for. His motion is a little vertical. I wish he was, you know, a little bit more round. I wish he had some more cool releases like Bryce Young does, right? Those are some of the negatives maybe. But overall, I think this guy's being slept on in a major way and plays the position much cleaner and better than a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson. Richardson's his own animal himself, and I mean that respectfully. He's a freak of nature. But he plays the position in a way that I trust more and I know is more tried and true in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a very low floor for a guy like Hendon Hooker, and there's still a pretty high ceiling for him as well. Had a flashback to your days when you were with NBC and Bleacher Report and felt compelled every time you said a guy was a freak to pause and say, <laughs> I mean that in a good way. Right. Well, like, you we know, Bleacher Report was so woke. you say freak, they we were so woke. Way. They were like, you know, that's, right, uh, yeah, yeah. so I had to, I had always had to make, right. you know, say that type of stuff. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Uh, Anthony Richardson, freak in a good way. The guy who was the talk of the combine for the things he was able to do off the charts with the running and the jumping, and he didn't jump past Hendon Hooker. He didn't jump past Bryce Young. Where do you stand on him, and why do you have him in Tier 3 yeah. as your fourth highest-rated guy? For like Phenomenal talent, you know, but he's raw. You know, there's work to be done there. Uh, the, the, so th- that's where, you know, he's number number four on my list, but in tier three by himself because, you know, he's his own entity in itself. Uh, the other three guys to me are more, you know, they're, they're safe bets, let alone they're super talented. You know, Bryce Young, the size thing, that's a little bit question. You know, with Anthony Richardson, yeah, no size, no athletic questions. It's about, you know, can he play the position of quarterback at a consistently high level and make the right decisions and make the right throws play after play after play. Mike, I mean, to your point and what you're saying here, it's the highest ceiling in the draft. I mean, the guy could be a superstar. His arm is, it's not ridiculous, it's redunculous. I mean, it's it's like, wait, he's on his back foot and he just threw a 70-yard laser down the middle of the field. Like, how did he just do that? Let me rewind it again. And then, of course, the running is a true force of nature. I mean, we've never seen anybody like this guy other than the guy we're showing on the graphic right here. And I go, this guy's faster. And the guy's arm is actually probably stronger. I'm not going to say he's a better passer or thrower, though, than Cam Newton. That's where now, that's the next part of Anthony Richardson. You know, he's got all the tools. But there's some games, Mike, where you go, you know, hey, I don't know what he's looking at here. He should be over here. He's looking over there. Why is he staring down this receiver for five seconds? Move on to the next guy, right? You know, there's some some games and some plays where you just go, damn, you're too good to miss that throw. He's wide open. You can't miss that, right? So that's where he's number four on my list because, you know, there is some rawness. He's a little bit of a project. But also in that, I don't know how much he's been caught, you know, taught uh, or coached either, and he doesn't have a ton of experience. So that's where – you know, meeting the guy, is he a great worker? Does he love the game? All that type of stuff is going to be really important with Anthony Richardson and being able to kind of, you know, look into the future about his development and can he fix some of the things that we're talking about here. And see, th- this is where. Yeah, I know. This is where it gets fun. Rise between, right. well, the owner who's going to be around for quarterback. After quarterback, after quarterback, yep. 
over the course of 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, who knows how long, right? And then the short-term coach and GM. Because when, when you tell me this guy's got superstar potential, and I know there's only four or five superstar quarterbacks right now in the NFL, I know. I'm tempted to go for the guy that's got the superstar potential because if it doesn't work out, I'll go look for another superstar later. But at least I didn't pass on the superstar. I didn't go with the safer choice and let someone behind me uh-huh. take the superstar. That's the risk the Panthers are taking if yeah. they go C.J. Stroud. Right. Stroud doesn't become a superstar. Richardson does. Why didn't you take Richardson? That's the risk. That is the risk. That, that the Panthers are going to have. That's the risk. If they don't ultimately take Richardson. Right. But the other part of that, too, is they're going to go, you know, they could go three years from now and go, oh, we took Richardson and look. C.J. Stroud's the machine we thought and we saw on film, right? We saw, like, we knew it. Ah, and we went with the guy where we just, like, we saw a little bit of it here and there, but we just thought, oh, maybe it could become something. They'll kick themselves in the butt for that, too. So, yeah, they got some decisions to make. But with Richardson, I will say, it's not as raw as I expected, all right? It's less raw than Malik Willis last year. Let's just throw that out there. Okay, the other thing, too, that I love about Richardson, Mike, he wants to play quarterback. He's not, like, looking to run or do that. In fact, there's points where you go, hey, run, get out of the pocket, stop standing there, you big, strong, Greek god-looking dude, right? Get out, run. But he's trying to play the position the right way and do some of that. You know. But, yeah, there's some work. What you talked about with running quarterbacks in the last segment you know, there's some plays, again, where, hey, number one's not open, and now it's let me look to see where I can run. And you want to go, oh, no, hey, two and three are open. Don't look to run yet, right? So there's going to be that type of stuff you have to develop within him. And that's where the meeting in person, getting a feel for him overall. But the fact that, again, in some of these areas that he's raw, he's going to have a little cushion to develop in some of those areas because of why, Mike, right? Because of his ability to run like we talk about with these guys, like Justin Fields and these guys who are special. Defenses now ought to play, well, we got to worry about the quarterback's design run. we got to play this defense. Oh, but, man, it's a really bland, simple coverage, and it's going to be easy to throw the ball against this look, and that, I think, will buy time for Anthony Richardson to develop in those departments because of his ability to run can make that area a little easier for him as he continues to get better in that area. So, man, I love the prospect, but there's some questions. But, man, there's some home run ability here, too, with this guy. Hendon Hooker, not the only one to invade the consensus top four bypassing Will Levis, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, a.k.a. DTR. A lot of people haven't projected to be a sixth-round pick. What is everyone missing on the UCLA quarterback who you have Tied at number five, technically, right. with Will Love. And I know this is probably my biggest, you know, whatever, surprise or whatever that I, you know, and I understand, you know, Levis in the NFL community, I think, is viewed as a top 10, top 15 pick. I'll get to him in a second. There's some things that concern me there. DTR? Somebody explain to me why. You know, I don't know if he re- I think he's a first-round talent. Now, what we've seen in the NFL the last few years, if you don't go in the top 10 or 15 for the most part, then you end up in the second round or the fourth round. That's kind of where it goes. Or it's like if you don't end up in the top 15 or 20 there, you, you, no quarterbacks go until the late third, fourth round again. I don't think that's going to happen. But let me just throw some things out to you here, Mike. I mean, 
If I just told you, okay, wait, there's Bryce Young and there's this guy, right? All right, wait, wait. Oh, wait, he's got a frail body like Bryce Young. Okay, yeah, he's he's skinny. He's 204 pounds. He's 6'2". He's four inches taller than him. He's faster than him. His arm is stronger than him, right? Why why would he not be in the top five quarterback conversation then? I, I don't know. To me, it's the shock of so far my draft evaluation. I see a lot of lists, and I go, damn, he's like – the 13th, the 14th rated quarterback. I turned on the film. I went, holy crap. It's one great decision, one great throw, plays the position the right way, does everything really good. You know, he plays the position more along the lines like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young in that department. So that's where he deserves to be in this conversation as one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, and that's why I went with six guys because I just felt like I had to give this guy some love. He deserves it. All right, uh, we're up against it. I know, sorry. A lot of good time talking about the other guys. Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback. Who's the bigger project between the two, him or Anthony Richardson? You know, uh, probably uh, probably Richardson a little. But, but see, Richardson, where it's tough is, okay, Richardson's more of a project maybe in the drop-back pass game. But like I was saying, Richardson's going to be able to buy himself a little bit of a cushion or leeway there because of his ability to run. Levis... You know, he's he's athletic, but as far as like the running department goes, yeah, he's he's towards the bottom as far as these guys are are concerned here. Levis again has unbelievable arm. He really does. And it, it it it's his arm power is not far behind an Anthony Richardson. And he's got 10 or 15, you know, you can if you took Will Levis's 10 or 15 best throws from last year, you'd go, "Oh my gosh, that's as good as anybody in the planet." But the problem is, is not the best decision maker. I don't love his mechanics and how he throws the football. His feet are all over the place. His release is all over the place. Misses way too many throws that I go, damn, you're too good or too good of an athlete to miss that type of throw. To me, out of all the quarterbacks we've talked about, I honestly thought he was the worst in the pocket. You know, I talked about his decision making a little bit, the inconsistencies in the throw. I don't love his body either, Mike. He's too rocked up. I'm not a big fan of that. Rocked up, like muscular, too tight of a quarterback. Tell me somebody that's been a really successful quarterback that's rocked up like that in the history of football. I mean, Brady Quinn's the only guy I can even really think of that. And, of course, that didn't go exactly the way Brady Quinn wanted it either. So those are some of my concerns with Tim Levis. Tebow. Yeah. And, well, exactly. That's there we go. Argument. Boom. Thank you for adding that to me. Exactly. Jimmy G. Jimmy G's kind of Jimmy G's kind of rocked up a little bit. Well, a little, a little but bit. it's not like, like this. Not this, as much. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't love that. But, yes, there's some stuff with Levis where there's, there's some big-time potential. But it is a little bit all over the place, the decisions, the throws – you know, the feel within the pocket, and then just the natural ability to kind of get it done, Mike. That's the other thing, too. Guys open, things aren't perfect, your body's not in the perfect position. Stroud, Bryce Young, whatever, they get it done and get the completion. Levis, it's kind of 50-50 in that department, and that's where I just don't think he's as good as the top top guys on this list. All right, let's take a break. An all-time basketball great, possibly joining the ranks of ownership for an NFL team. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Magic Johnson, who has a knack for stating the obvious on Twitter, may have more football 
related tweets coming up. There he is wishing everyone a happy Super Bowl Sunday. He'd potentially be joining the ownership ranks of a team that hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a very long time. The Washington Commanders, Magic Johnson reportedly joining the Josh Harris bid. The Harris bid recently boosted by Mitchell Rails, a billionaire that can bring more cash to the table to help Harris fend off Jeff Bezos if Bezos ultimately gets in. Harris is kind of regarded as the favorite. We reported last Thursday night that this could be done sooner than people realize. The Snyders have cleared out of the facility. Dan Snyder living in London now. Sale imminent, at least that's the word within the building. And if Magic Johnson is joining the Harris group at this stage of the game, Common sense would suggest that he knows something. Yeah. You don't jump on a horse that is about to lose the race. You jump on a horse that is about to cross the finish line first, Chris. Yeah, I think I agree with that sentiment. And that, you know, even if you're, you know, uh, Josh Harris, you're, hey, I'm getting close. I want some positive spin, some positive perception and all that. You bring a guy like Magic Johnson into the conversation, too. I mean, anything with Magic Johnson, I'm down with. He's one of my favorites. Mike, I mean, Magic Johnson is one of my favorite all-time, you know, stars of uh, athletic stars. I just can't say enough about him. Got a chance to meet him a few times in my life. Awesome human being. I'm on board anytime Magic's on board. I think it would be great for the commanders to have a guy like him involved and help the, you know, help the, the breach back together of the fan base and the, and the organization once again. Well, we don't know whether or not the owners will be voting on Magic Johnson, Josh Harris, and others buying the Commanders next week in Arizona, but we do know something else they'll be voting on. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. According to ESPN, Roger Goodell closing in on his next new contract. The last time he signed a new contract... Now former NFL spokesman Joe Lockhart said it would be Goodell's last contract. Goodell quickly said fake news. Not long after that, Lockhart was gone. Oops. Now another new contract for Goodell, who turned 64 last month. Here's the question, Chris. Is this the last one? There was a report from The Athletic in June that the next Goodell contract would be done with, according to some owners, a provision that a succession plan be put in place. That's the big question. Who's next after Goodell? You hear different names. Troy Vincent, Brian Rolap, currently within the structure. Maybe some names on the outside get bandied about. I am fascinated by the fact that there isn't a clear commissioner-in-waiting as Goodell gets deeper and deeper and deeper into his career and closer and closer, inevitably, to no longer being the commissioner. Yeah, it is interesting. It is. I mean, first off, he's done a phenomenal job with the NFL, and it's killing it, as we know. know? But it does seem like that conversation about replacing him or whatever else is kind of tapered off, Mike. I always bow to you. You always have a great feel or, you know, a great ear as far as what's going on behind the scenes. I mean – I, I don't get the sense that there's anybody that's a real viable option or threatening Roger Goodell as of right now. Am I, am I wrong to think that? My opinion has been for a while now, he doesn't welcome potential rivals in the trust tree. And at some point, he's going to have to pick somebody and 
teach them, groom them to be what he is, a very effective leader. The highest paid pin cushion in the world, as Tom Curran has said for years, and I got to give him credit every time I use it. I probably also should send him a, a dollar or something every time I use it. But he takes the flack. He takes the heat for the other owners. They don't have to be unpopular. He can be the one that stands at the press conference, answers the tough questions, and deals with that scrutiny and criticism. They need somebody who can do it as well as he does it. That's going to be the challenge. And who knows? Who knows? They've had three commissioners since 1960. We say all the time, oh, look at the Steelers. Three coaches since 1969. The NFL has had three commissioners since 1960. Yeah. And Goodell it's working. can still be the commissioner for years to come. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Today's draft, which we will conduct in rapid-fire uh, fashion because we, as usual, talk too much previously in the show. I'm talking too much right now. Best situations for the new quarterbacks. There's the names, the new places with the logos attached. Chris, you're up first. Who is the quarterback in the best new situation? I think I'm going to give Derek Carr the the leading role in this one. Um, one, he gets you know a new place, gets out of the AFC West, which we know is super talented and as Patrick Mahomes, goes to what we would all, I think, think of as the worst division in football so that's great but to a team that's got like some real tangible potential I mean the O-line like we talked about Kamara the tight end Jawan Johnson some receivers to go along with it with Michael Thomas and a defense that's damn good so I look at that and be like "Eh, Derek Carr I wouldn't be shocked if he's just you know a quarterback of a a, you know starting quarterback of a playoff football team and all said and done I'll go with him to start Well, the Saints weren't a playoff team last year. The 49ers were. The 49ers made it to the NFC Championship. And as new 49er Javon Hargrave said, would have won if Brock Purdy hadn't gotten injured, even though Hargrave was playing for the Eagles at the time. He's now a 49er, so maybe it's a predictable take by him. My take here, Sam Darnold. Right place, right time. Purdy's elbow messed up. Trey Lance, who knows? Darnold, low expectations. Come and do your job. We know Kyle Shanahan has liked him for a long time. He could be the guy that stabilizes that position. We've said for years, they don't need Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. They just need somebody who can keep it on track and maybe make a big throw in a big spot. Maybe. Maybe when Emmanuel Sanders is open in the Super Bowl, maybe. Maybe don't overthrow him. Sam Darnold could do that. Yeah. Sam Darnold could be the guy that takes the 49ers over the top. Yeah, well, the 49ers are showing they're going to maybe they're going to be that team that doesn't, you know, spend the big money on the quarterback and they just go we're going to have a team and we're going to keep being, you know, knocking at the door until we get a quarterback that's valuable like you're talking about that, you know, can make that throw or two to get us over the hump. But I, I hear you there. That was, a, a, I think, an awesome spot for Sam Darnold to land at. Um, I think the one I'm going to go with next is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he's not going to a better team, but, you know, making 20-plus million dollars, going to an organization and a head coach that has familiarity with him. He knows the offense, so that's good. And then when you talk about some of the weapons he's got to throw to there, you know, and Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and company, that's not a bad spot to be stuck in. I'll go Baker Mayfield for all the reasons we've discussed over the course of the last week. It's not significant money, but it's a chance for him to turn his career around in a bad division with an opportunity to maybe set himself up for a big payday next year. Next break, we'll do our next segment. Take a break. Next segment. We'll figure it out. 
We'll do round three right after this. All right, the new quarterback's in the best situation. We did not include Aaron Rodgers because he's still not technically in a new situation. So, Rodgers, you want to be part of this conversation. Lean on the Packers a little more to get the trade done. Chris, round three, you're up. Yeah, or Packers, like, get back to reality and, you know, stop listening to Stephen A. Smith and what he thinks you should get, you know, traded compensation for. That's uh, they're, they're, they're crazy for what they're asking for right now. Um, I'm going to go with the great – the great Mike White here. Mike White, like you talk about the guys Fine, that, yeah, sign Mike White. You know it. To be a backup quarterback, but in the perfect spot. Got an all star team around him and behind a guy that, yes, we know that has a little bit of an injury history. There might be a chance you get to play and show everybody what you got. I, I, you know, and then you get the whole two and on versus Mike F and White crowd. It could be very interesting in Miami. Uh, interesting in Indianapolis, Gardner Minshew, can he hold off whoever else they bring in? Are they going to draft somebody? Are they going to make a run at Lamar Jackson? Stephen Holder of ESPN recently reported the Colts haven't ruled out making a run at Lamar Jackson. So Gardner Minshew for now. Hopefully he gets a chance to compete, truly compete, to be the starting quarterback. All right, we have completed this show and I actually have 10 seconds to burn. We made up some time, Chris, and there it all goes. We're done for today. See, See you on Wednesday. <laughs>